0: To Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 41, we talk about some recent plays, we reach into Richie's mailbag, and then finally draft our top tableau-building game. Hey everybody! I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad.
1: No, I'm Richie. Hello, hello. Oh, oh. Am I, hello? hello. Hello. Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I allowed in? Yeah. Who is this? No. Yeah, who is this? Is this Ben?
2: What? It, it is like
1: hi. How's it going? Oh my who goodness. Looks- <laughs> who let Ben in? That's Why? great. <laughs> Wow, and what, what we're you... what we're witnessing here is some top grade acting from the home
0: <laughs>
1: from the home of Marlon Brando. Uh, he yes, would, he would you be spinning revolutions at his grave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, I, you know, I I want to say we have a special guest today. Our guest is a talented actor, and he's a writer. I'd say. You know, he's an all-around logophile and a self-proclaimed renaissance man, right? Am I right? Bon
1: bon vivant is is
2: what I like to go by. Okay, okay. Bon vivant. Well, and if that weren't enough, he is a preeminent board gamer and podcaster who heads up, I'd say, probably, if not the most popular, at least one of the most popular, wildly popular podcasts, Five Games for Doomsday Gentlemen, please join me in welcoming the oft imitated, never duplicated Ben Maddox.
1: Oh. Oh, you're so so kind. And you, you're overselling my popularity so much. Yeah. Are you going to be able to get out of the room with that big head that Chad just gave you there? <laughs> I mean, the compliment he gave me just then is absolutely nothing compared to the litany of compliments I give myself every morning. So. Very well, very well. Well, what, what brings you to Omaha? Well, you know, I thought I wanted some top-notch zoo action. So I, Ooh, I went to the yeah, Henry yeah. Dawley Zoo and Aquarium. I mean, that was great. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know, you go to new markets. I mean, they're nice, but there's nothing better than an old market, is there? So, I, <laughs> so I, I thought the old market district of Omaha is obviously the place to uh, <laughs> Yes, you're right. We have a very
2: distinctly old market.
1: And what I love about America, my favorite thing about America is when it came to naming places and things is the startling... Lack of originality. So I thought I'll go to a museum named after a northeastern English town. So I went to the Durham Museum as well. It was very nice. You're right.
3: Yep. <laughs> I can't see how long this list goes. <laughs> <laughs> There's might, there might be not much it. left. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not, and I can't stress this enough to the listeners. I'm not currently looking at a Google of the top ten tourist attractions in Omaha, Nebraska,
0: <laughs> of which there are only five. <laughs> hey, we got Boystown too. Boys Town's a big attraction. That's did, true. did you
1: make it there, Ben? Well, I didn't make it there, but I did make it to First National Spirit of Nebraska Wilderness and Pioneer Courage Park. <laughs> that, that's amazing. That's that's further than I've made it. I, was, I don't, I don't think say. I've ever been there. I don't know where that is. And was. you know, I was astonished by the brevity of the title of that place. It was amazing. <laughs> <Right>. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it rolls off the tongue. Why edit? Why edit when you're naming something?
2: <laughs> well, hey, I mean, while you're here, while while we've got you here, I mean because you're such a, a world traveler, I wanna hear I wanna hear about your recent trip to Essen because you just you just were there, right?
1: I've I just recovered from going there yes
2: oh, you're so very lucky. jealous yeah
1: very jealous. Well, well before 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 i before i go into sort of talking about it what's your guys view of essen is it the the sort of mecca for you is it the one sort of tick box that you want to you want to do when it comes to board gaming convention?
0: For me, absolutely. Because I've done Gen Con now five times. I've done Origins a couple of times. You know, I've been to of the big American cons. But obviously the thing for me in Essen is that's where the Euro games that I love to play come in. So mm. that's why I want to go to Essen. Now granted, it's probably going to cost me more money to try to ship board games back than what it would cost me to get there. So I don't even know if it'd be worth it. But for me, yes, it's a big tick.
3: Yeah, I just want to go to Germany in general. I mean, that would just be great right there. But uh, my, brother, my brother-in-law my brother married a German, so I've got a free place to stay. I just got to get Ooh. there. Where, where do they live in Germany? I know it's, it's a very tiny town. I don't know. I know they're in the – they, they say Hessen when they, okay. when they say Essen. So they say that they're in the Hessen region.
1: Oh, so it's not miles away from Essen.
3: Okay, gotcha.
1: And and, and Chad, do you, are you looking forward to sort of Marvel games and all of that? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, uh, for the
2: same reason for the same reason that Clef said, I would I would definitely love love to go to Essen. And my wife, who loves to travel, would love to go there too. I just know that if we went there, she'd want to spend uh, a lot more time seeing the sites, probably, and no time doing board game convention things. But, you know, I, I would I would love to do both. And yes, for that reason it's where all the Euros are usually released and uh, and th- and to, to sample the German cuisine, too. That would be nice.
1: Well, I mean, the, the, the beauty about Essen. well, it's kind of my local con, really, which is kind of bizarre. But it's it really does feel like you're at the epicenter of something. You know, it's massive. All of those people you see on YouTube and all of those sort of designers that you hear about and, that you know, adorn all the boxes, they're everywhere. And, and one thing about board gaming, is that the people, the creators you really admire, aren't famous. So it's not like, you know, I'd imagine a Comic-Con or something. You can't just walk up to, I'm trying to think of a famous person who's in comic book films, I don't watch them, and, and sort of have a chat with them. Whereas, you know, I was I was walking around Essen, and I am sort of had my microphone and all of this sort of stuff. And Bruno Faduti was just stood there. So I just went up, said hello, recorded him for two minutes, and went on and I went out on the razzle-dazzle with... Martin Wallace and you know, all of these sort of people that you really admire. That's that's the really great thing for me at Essen. I don't play games there, which sounds bizarre, but Essen isn't a gaming convention. It's it's a big fair. You go to buy, you go to experience. And for me, I remember listening to the Secret Cabal and they said that Origins for them was like adult summer camp. And that's what Essen is for me. It's going and seeing those people. I mean so, you know, a friend of mine in the industry, is, is he's a board game artist. I don't know if any of you have heard of him. He, he lives in Australia, but he's Irish. Ian something. And, you know, uh, I get... Yeah? Uh, uh, yeah. I, Chad, do you know that person? Yeah, Ian O'Toole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I,
2: I vaguely know of him. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I get to meet Ian once a year you know and so this year we went and we had some chips and we sat outside and had a chat for 20 minutes and it was great and this is what's so great about Essen. yes there's loads of games but i mean especially as board gaming has become more and more professionalized and more and more popular and youtube has disseminated it all over the world you'll get those games eventually but what you really get from Essen is the sense that the community is vibrant and alive. And that's what's what I really love about it. You
2: know? that, that sounds great. I mean, I think that's the way we kind of feel about the, at least for me, I haven't been to Gen Con, but the way we feel about Origins is that we get to see the people that we uh, maybe talk to online or, you know, briefly have interactions with uh, and not in person. And then we get to, to see them and meet them. And yeah, so that sounds cool. That sounds great.
0: Yeah, except for I'm I'm not sure Chad would be able to just to walk up to Ian O'Toole and just have a nice little conversation. I think he'd just be giggling like fanboy the I, whole time.
1: I, I assume I assume he'd wet himself to me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> most <laughs> likely. Well, that's not different well, anyway.
2: That's just a Tuesday for me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but
1: but Ian is a very unassuming, very nice guy. And he would be very gracious if you were to go up all red-faced and giggling to him. I'm sure. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
0: so was there anything though that stood out to you game-wise that
1: you got to see while you were there? Well, I sort of went around and picked up a lot of games for review and stuff and I I'm, I'm sort of sat here now surrounded by them. And it's sort of, it's it's weird because it's kind of games you've already played judging by your Twitter. So I'm I'm really excited about Crystal Palace. I haven't played it yet. And I'm really excited about a game we're going to talk about in recent plays that you reviewed and that I was very, uh, very suspicious about and apprehensive of, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that I played that and, and found it to be, you know, and it, I, I think there's this thing about board games and people talk about heavy games and things. And what I find when I approach a heavy game is that you read the rule book and you think there is absolutely no way on earth I'm ever going to be able to play this game. It, it's I've read the rule book from cover to cover and it means literally nothing to me. Yet when you sit down and the machine starts to operate, it's actually fairly intuitive and fairly easy. And, you know, this game that we're going to talk about later was super great. And then, I mean, this is kind of my essence because it's all very personal to me because I don't really play games there. But I was lent. Michael Fox from Hub Games lent me a copy of probably the grailiest of grail games, and this is a this is a dungeon crawler that came out maybe ten years ago, hmm. and it's worth about 800, 800 euros now. Wow! And it's Oof. it's called Cave Evil. And I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's from this guy, and he's this super metal, super indie guy. He's famous for two games, Cave Evil and The Mushroom Eaters. And The Mushroom Eaters is a game about having the best trip, right? So you take mushrooms, those. and your goal in the game is to have the nice. best trip. And his that game came out the first year I went to Essen in 2012. And like an idiot, I didn't pick it up. And that game's worth loads of money now. Because what he'll do is he'll go, he'll print 500 copies of these super indie games and then never print them again. And so he lent me a copy of Cave Evil because I've been wanting to play it since I got into gaming. And what I recommend to anyone listening to this is go into Google and type in Cave Evil trailer. And he did a video to accompany the game. And it's, I don't know if anyone here has seen a Head from David Lynch. Oh, yes. Yeah. Classic. It's, it's that, essentially, his trailer oh for goodness, this game. I've it's absolutely that. the bizarrest thing you've ever seen. It's oh my wonderful. Gosh. So for for me, having you know, Michael lent it to me, he's lent it to me to the UK Games Expo, which is sort of six months away. So I get to play this game that, you know, almost no one has played, and that's really exciting. But yeah, yeah the 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 one that's really next on my list to really dive into is Crystal Palace. You're you're in for a treat, I think. So yeah
0: that uh that's going to be our next review so next uh, next episode Ooh. so yeah it's yeah well, well you'll hear what our thoughts are later
1: well i but, can i can play it before you review it and then i can spend the time when i'm listening to your podcast shouting at my headphones <laughs> and have <having> a <laughs> that's or. what most people do so you'll be in good company that's good i mean apart from apart from chat because you know he was right about forum treon and you two were dead wrong Ah, uh, uh, yes all right. well so, thank podcast you podcast over <clears throat> Anyways, uh, <clears throat> uh-huh. Oh, my God. Ben, you got to be kidding me. That game is so bad. So great. I, I oh The God. minute two turns in, I thought I love this game and yeah. I've loved every play of it. And I'm appalling at it, but I it offers me. I mean, I did a review of it. If anyone here can go to fivegamesfordoomsday.com and find <laughs> a review of Forum Trey and it's And it gave me lots of naughty decisions. There were lots of pieces that I had to fit together to make my machine run I agree. efficiently I, I i loved it i loved every second of it
0: uh, i i could not disagree more i felt like there's no decisions every time you're looking at two tiles it was the obvious choice every single time i didn't care what i give my opponent but anyways we could talk about this for hours <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, i so I listened then... I, I listen to your reviews so. great great great
2: minds think alike but i i want to hear so let's talk about you, you alluded alluded to it let's talk about what you p- played recently because i want to hear i want to hear more about it especially since we've pl- we've played it
1: well this is a beloved game around punchboard paradise towers so well at least for two of us well
0: i like it. it
3: sure yeah you gave it a four give <laughs> it a if four I remember right. correctly
0: uh yeah but go ahead ben tell us about this amazing game that chad
1: gave a four <laughs> well this is this is a game the the title of which everyone laughs at when i Say it to them, and that's City of the Big Shoulders because it's a, it's a bizarre title. I know it comes from a poem, but it's a weird title. It is, and... it, it sounds like it sounds
2: like eighties shoulder pads or you know fashion. <laughs> right, I mean, that's what I think of.
1: <laughs> and of course, people who listen to this don't really need to know, but a brief thing: it's a stock manipulation, come worker placement game that has a sort of n- a number of phases and you're trying to optimise, I guess, ideally trying to optimise the dividends you pay out, which will increase the share price of your company, which will essentially give you personal money at the end, which is how you win, having the most personal money. And I've never played an 18xx game, although I've got an appointment booked for next weekend, actually, to go and play my first one, because I've got a friend who's really into it, so he's going to gently lead me into the world of 18xx which one if we may interrupt i think it's 1830 i think yeah that's that's kind
2: of a good starter one i think so great
1: yeah and and city the big shoulders it's that thing right and it says it in the rule book that you have to understand the concept of personal money and business money and i love that idea of juggling those two concepts having to have enough money in your business to be able to operate go onto those worker placement spaces get the things you want but also having to have enough money in your personal thing to be able to buy stocks because that's where the heart of the game is is the buying the stocks and sort of seeing which of your opponent's is good enough to be able to drive that stock up, which is which is a super interesting concept, which I guess is a, is a sort of basically, very basic concept for your 18xx people. But this idea that you're riding on the coattails of someone else's play is super interesting. Unlike most Euro games, which you have your own world that you're trying to maximise. Here, you're trying to encourage others to maximise their world. So you can ride on their coattails and make money from them i think that's super interesting and super fun and although the first play of the game was because there's a lot of moving pieces was super clunky and took a long time i still really enjoyed it and then i played it again last night and we managed to get a play in i think two hours and 15 minutes three people Mm -hmm. That's good. And it was I increased my revenue at the end of the game by a thousand dollars, and I, I found the game really. I was really impressed by what a lovely piece of engineering the game is. Yeah, I. Uh, so, so you you said you played
2: it at three both times. No, for the first three the okay. second. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So did that? Did you already have the eighteen XX uh, kind of scheduled, or did that pique your interest more, or?
1: Um, no, I already had it. I've, it's the nature of scheduling anything with anybody, isn't it? You, someone sure. says we'll do this, and you go yes, and then seventy-five years later, you end up doing it. Uh, of course, yeah, <laughs> that's the way that, that works. That. So yeah. I've been I've been eighteen XX curious for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, perfect. But also, also, I it's it's that thing. I'm not sure it's a world I want to go into. You know. I've I, I've listened to a podcast called The Train Rush from a mm-hmm. friend of mine in England, and I kind of listened to it as a sort of as a sort of tantric mantra because I don't understand a blind word that's coming out of their mouth when they talk about you know the the subtleties of eighteen XX. But right. City of the Big Shoulders is just a big game that's out at the moment, and I review games, right? So I want to play games that are significant, that are big, and that are interesting. And this idea that it is a hybrid between a Euro game in an 18xx. Well, having not played an 18xx, I can't really talk to that, but it seems to me to have aspects that are unfamiliar to me as a Euro game player, but I assume are very familiar to those playing 18xx, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And not that, I mean, say the big shoulders, obviously I love the game, but for sure it gives you that dipping your toe in point where for me being a big Euro gamer, I understand worker placement.
1: You right. You
0: and but yet laying track and the whole 18xx thing, I don't, I'm not very comfortable with. So for me, that's why I love city so much is I get that my personal money and my business, and I get to run these factories and I get to buy shares. But then when I take all these actions, it's just a lovely little I place my worker and do my thing. It's just so, it's just so pure. I just, I think the game, I mean, Raymond just, I just think just did an amazing game of how perfect he put that together and made it a really good game for I don't want to just say for euro players because I know plenty of 18x that think it's a great game too
1: well that's interesting I mean I, I don't know how it how it's gone down in the 18xx community because they seem to be they seem to be very focused on their own thing right I know I know a few I know a few war gamers and and they're kind of like that too very focused on their own thing and there's this perception that what they like is the sort of acme of the art form. Mm-hmm. and i'm very much i'm very much a gamer i guess my i guess my real love is your standard midweight euro game mm-hmm. but i play everything and i appreciate everything and i think one of the greatest games ever designed is no thanks uh, that's it, it, just so clean in its ability to deliver a wonderful experience, a memorable experience, experiences that you go away from the table thinking, I really feel satisfied in 15 minutes. I think that's an incredible talent. And on the other hand, you have City of the Big Shoulders, which is this big experience in which there are a thousand levers you're pulling at all times and you're trying to keep things afloat and you're trying to make sure that this dickhead over here doesn't steal your company. And you're thinking, should I you know, throw this company away because then I can... You know, devalue the shares and put a kibosh on them. And all of these games are great. And I think playing something like City of the Big Shoulders is a wonderful experience. I like to temper that with playing something small as well.
0: Though. Right, right. Yeah, it, but so you do enjoy all games. So I want to hear Chad talk about Marvel Champions and see if you would enjoy <laughs> this game better. <laughs> all
1: right.
2: <laughs> I'm happy to talk about this. Actually, uh, the, you know, Ben may have some insight because I've seen him online. This is the the new LCG that came out technically yesterday, but our, our game shop in Omaha released it a week early. They had an early pre-release, and this is their new LCG, and their their one before this was the Arkham Horror Card game. Ben, you've played that, right?
1: The Arkham Horror Card game, I think, is it's certainly the best Cthulhu game the type okay it 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 manages to actually it it manages to actually have decent writing in which most Cthulhu games don't and the way they utilize the cards in the Arkham RLCG is absolutely spectacular they they become geography when because you have different scenarios and you lay the cards out and you can sometimes they're laid out like a path sometimes they're laid out like the layout of a of a building and it's it's, it's up there in my top 10 games. The stories it tells are wonderful. The mechanisms are brilliant. And it has this random element, the chaos bag in the middle of the table where you draw out things and it subtracts things from your, your power when you're trying to achieve things. And it becomes oppressive, that chaos bag, which is what a Cthulhu game should be. But I mean... Is the Marvel Legendary thing a sort of one-on-one combat game?
2: Well, so there is a versus element. And th- I, from what I understand, because I have not played the Arkham Horror Card game, there's a little bit less narrative. But what it mm. does to me is it kind of strips down some of the stuff that may be, um, may, may be almost a barrier to entry with the Arkham Horror Card game in that the mechanisms feel a little bit more pure from what I understand. The other right. thing is um, there is not a a chaos bag so when you do damage you're doing damage essentially so you're not gonna you're not gonna draw stuff out and get a bad draw necessarily which to me i i i appreciate but i understand how it can be thematically appropriate in an in the arkham setting right but but you are doing damage to to a, a big bad that's your scenario essentially but what is really interesting to me is your character and you can build decks in this but what i like is you don't spend a whole lot of time building decks. You have aspects to your character. So, the, what comes in the base box are Spider Man, She Hulk, Iron Man, uh, Black Panther, um, maybe one other that I can't think of right now. Anyway, uh, Scarlett
0: Johansson? No. Oh, then I'm out. <laughs> okay.
2: <clears throat> anyway, uh, so then there are aspects to uh, like protection, aggression,. Um, Uh, certain certain traits basically and those are cards that you can pair with the heroes and uh, create certain decks out of those so it makes it really easy to just sort of combine a deck and then all those heroes have different play styles which are really interesting too uh, as you'd expect just like the arkham horror card game but uh, it makes the deck building aspect very easy to jump into and then you are basically trying to again defeat the the big bad within the the scenario but every character has an alter ego so you're constantly trying to manage the powers of your alter ego and your Uh, hero self, which is very interesting. You also get uh, these cards that go into the sort of villain or encounter deck. Uh, If you're Spider-Man, for example, you have a card that is your obligation, which is your eviction notice. Just like Peter Parker, you know, he has to worry about getting evicted because he's not paying his rent. So when that comes up in the deck, he has to deal with that certain scenario. Or Captain Marvel, that's the other hero I was thinking of. She has a death in the family and so she has to deal with a family emergency. Those kind of things. But flipping back and forth between the alter ego and the hero are is is a very interesting choice cuz you can only do certain things with that turn and you've also your cards are resources so you are either choosing to play a card for its resource or for the action that it takes which i always enjoy multi-use card games as well but like i said there are there are interesting interesting things i'll give you an example i guess with iron man you're tony stark and you have a, you have a specific hand size based on either your alter ego or your hero form. Well, Tony Stark, he gets plus one, he gets, I think, six cards for his hand size. But if you're Iron Man, you get plus one for each tech upgrade you already have played out so you when you are tony stark you got to make sure that you get those tech upgrades out and playable to the table so that when you finally do become iron man you can have a a bigger hand size with which to do actions and and play cards and that sort of thing so anyway i find it i find it to be fascinating the the choices that you can make in the game
3: i'm just curious because sometimes chad gets really wrapped up in the theme is the game any good or do you really like that the fact that we're dealing with Marvel no,
2: characters? No, I, I actually really like the game itself. Okay. I, I I don't I honestly don't care much. The Marvel thing means that my son will play it. And and he can play there are there are a lot of decisions that are kind of thorny and and meaty, but he can he can play it. But yeah, I mean, I what I like best is the mechanisms. There's there's a lot of multi-use cards stuff in it, and I feel like It's there are plenty of really interesting decisions to make based on those. Do I want to use this now? Do I want to hold on to it later? Do I want to put this? uh, Do I want to put this out as a resource? Or, you know, those kinds of things. And so for that reason, it's really good.
1: And and does it feel thematic? Do you, do you feel like superheroes? Because the beauty of Arkham Horror is that it feels Lovecraftian. Well, like I said, I think that
2: what Arkham does is it's probably a better narrative. It's got more narrative to it. Every character has their own sort of play style. So Iron Man, you feel like you need to put his armor together before you can really really fight anybody uh spider-man he has web sense and that lets him sometimes get his actions out ahead of time before before uh the the big bad can hurt him you know those those kinds of things are thematic but it doesn't it doesn't tell a story, I don't think, in the same way that I would anticipate hmm. Arkham Horror does. So if you're looking for something that, that is supremely narrative, it probably doesn't do that. It just it just gives you the sense of, of a one-on-one battle or a, or a team battle. And I should say, too, I would probably play this at 2, 3, but probably not 4. I haven't played it at 4 yet, but I have the sense that it just would go longer than you'd want hmm. that kind of a game to go. But it's, it's cooperative. Uh, I think it plays great solo, too, so...
1: Yeah, that's okay.
2: that's Marvel Champions.
3: And Ben, do you play Arkham at more than one, or do you just play it solo?
1: No, I play it two player, and I, and and it's it's beautiful with two players. I've played it with more than two players. I mean, because of course Fantasy Flight do that thing where you have to buy seventy five base boxes, you know, before you can before you can play it with more than one person. But with two people, it's absolutely brilliant. And I don't play a lot of two player games, but I'm always. I always think, why not? Because your turn comes around really quickly with a two-player game, and that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I should say that this Marvel
2: Champions box, you only need one set to play with up to four players. So it's really great Ooh. for okay. that. Uh, I will say, though, that the insert is bosh. It's crap. So, But other than that, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good production. So if you think you might like it, I'd check it out.
0: So it, it's not cracking? Crackin'. No, it's not cracking. Okay. Thanks. Just, just
2: checking. Oh. Uh, Richie, why don't you talk about some high fashion since I know that you are uh, big into fashion?
3: Oh, yeah, you know it.
2: I do have a beautiful
3: jacket on right now. You
2: do. I, I,
1: I do love those crushed velvet flares you're wearing. Thank you. Love- <laughs> just for you, Ben. <laughs> I just wish you hadn't cut the crotch out that sort of yeah. <laughs> That's for luck. That's I say that every weekend. I'm quite enjoying it. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, well, so I got in uh play of Predator Porter. So me and uh Chad over here did a little Kickstarter backing of that game and finally came in. Uh so Predator Porter by Ignasi Trevichak in Portal Games and we're just going I'm just going to do a first impressions cuz I think we might end up reviewing this not sure maybe down the road uh first i want to say because we all know portal games Mm -hmm. the rule book is fantastic whoa the best rule book i mean best rule book from portal games that i've ever read (laughs) okay well uh, that's saying that's saying a lot i have played a lot of portal games and this is by far the best by far the best anyways (laughs) so in predator porter you are uh running a fashion company and the game takes place over 12 rounds which represents a year in the fashion industry, and you're trying to become the most profitable company after a full year. And it's actually a pretty simple worker placement game. And I would say, I mean, as far as the mechanisms and mechanics of the game, like I could teach this game pretty quickly, maybe 10, 12 minutes. There's a lot that goes into what you're kind of building towards. So the, that's where the complexity comes in. Uh, but we're looking at a worker placement game here where uh, you have two... Oh, no, I'm sorry. You have three worker pawns, and at the beginning of every round, you, you go through a planning phase where you're going to be setting out these worker pawns. And the board is split into nine different sections, or basically nine different action areas. Uh, so the first part of the the round is just planning. You just set out your action pawns, and then when you go to the resolution phase, you'll start at one. So basically, it's broken into those nine different sections. You start at one always, and then you'll go down and you resolve through nine. At the very beginning. Uh, the first one is just kind of cash this is the way for you to get money. Not a great place to go. You usually won't go there unless you're doing bad. Like if you're if you're like me and you run out of cash quickly in games, you'll probably end up going go to that first spot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the next couple of sections are places where you can get uh, cards, which will, um, the first set there will just kind of give you powers that kind of break the game. And then the second one is employees and buildings. But the whole thing what you're trying to do is, Uh, at the end of the quarter, so it's broken up just like quarters in a year. At the end of the quarter, you're trying to get to this fashion show. You're trying to build a collection that you're going to show off at this fashion show and then you're going to sell it. So you're trying to get the most money out of that. And it's kind of represented in this kind of weird abstract way where basically the fashion shows are at these different cities. And at the first city, you're basically competing in uh, four different categories. So it's trend, PR, quality, and something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something else. Something else. Okay. <laughs> and whoever is the highest in each of those categories will win a certain amount of points. It depends on the number of players, and that's what you do. You go through each of those, and so that's the first city. Then in the the second quarter at the next city, there are two tiles that have all of those those four categories on there, but now only three of them from each tile is going to score. So it it's going to change the value of each thing. So maybe the first round or the first quarter, the first fashion show you went after quality or you went after trend was the most important thing to get. But now in this fashion show, it's going to be PR that's going to be most important or marketing that's going to be most important. And then in the next, in the third quarter you have four tiles, but now only two of them are going to score. So it just keeps changing like that. And in the final one, each category will score just once essentially. And overall it is, Simple to teach, simple to play. Like I said, the complexity comes in trying to plan out and hit those cities at the right time, uh, showing off the right collection. Uh, But overall, I I was happy with my purchase i think have you have you gotten a chance to play your copy yet
2: no yeah. i just looked over the rules but i i haven't played it yet but it, it looks like it looks like something that like you said is easy to explain but then the planning and, and the managing because it's economic really i mean you have to be able to pay for your employees uh, that you're hiring to get those bonuses and all that kind of stuff it, it looks
0: really interesting so as a fashion game i mean is do you like this better than rococo or is rococo still not that rococo is really all that fashionable i mean but you're making dresses and stuff
3: yeah uh, i don't i wouldn't really compare them because i mean totally different i mean yeah very different i mean just the theme is what's tying them together Because i mean basically rococo is area control yeah essentially absolutely. and then this is just an economic economic worker placement game gotcha so i mean this is going to run long though i would say our two-player game and it, it was our our initial game or our first game so obviously i had to teach jessica how to play uh, that came in at about two and a half hours, mm. but there's just a lot of steps at each round, and there's a lot of planning, and you're trying to math things out. I don't know if I would want to play this. Like, I, I think it's gonna be, end up being like a two, maybe a three-player game if I'm playing with people who who play quickly.
2: Okay. Well, I want to know for does I that mean, mean Chad's out? Sh- Chad's out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right,
2: I want to know. I want to know, Richie, if you because you played with Jess. How many times did she let you? put alexa on repeat for i'm too sexy did you i mean because I, I, mean, I know we just played that throughout the
3: whole oh, game all right basically. that's good yeah okay <laughs> uh but overall i would say check it out and we'll talk more about it i think in a later episode
0: Okay. I, I look forward to somebody teaching me this one.
2: Clef, you played a, a game too that I want to hear about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just I just ordered this game and I got it on Wednesday, and I've already got close to four plays in of it. Oh wow! Yeah, and that is Tris. Hold on, <laughs> Tris Mage Tris Magestius uh Alchemist Two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey Ben, you're you're kind of my. Uh, my uh, helper when it comes to pronouncing things. Can you? You, uh, can can you
1: can't. You can't. You can't put this on me. We, we discussed <laughs> that before we started recording, and and Chad gave him the correct pronunciation. I assumed he'd write it down somewhere, but let's. Let, yeah. Should we give it? Is it? Is it? Is it? it uh, Tris magismus. Is that? Is that what it is? Close. Tris Yeah.
3: There you go. Yeah. Chad knows how to say there it. There you go. He, he sent out a message saying, "Hey, one of you two buy this."
0: Yeah, and then Cleft and I finally was like, "All right, fine, I'll buy it," because <laughs> uh, that's what we do around here. Yep. Um, so, anyways, this game—it's by one of our, uh, our our favorite designers, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, go ahead and tell everybody who that is. Jen. Isn't that Danielle Tashini? Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's uh, he did Taya Tawak Con Can. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Taya Tawakan. Good job.
1: That's my. That's 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 the noise I always make when Teotihuacan is is, is mentioned. <laughs> oh. Oh, let's take God. let's take Zolkin and then suck all the fun out of it oh, and make it really oh, like a spreadsheet. Like it. Oh, oh.
0: You know, it is very tracks.
2: It is very tracks. But I thought I I felt like Zolkin was pretty track heavy. Move up the track heavy too as well. Oh, but, but
0: I love the mechanism so much more in Zolkin. I don't. Know, the more I play Teotihuacan, the I don't know. It's almost ready to hit the cell shelf for me. Wow. Yeah, that'll be an interesting oh, I, one. I, I,
1: love, I love how stressful Tolkien is. You've never got any money, and that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: I, I would agree. All right, so back to uh, this alchemy game that we're about to talk about. Oh, So first of all, eek a mama. <laughs> <laughs> the rule book is rough. Okay, so <laughs> the iconography in this game Is unbelievably tough. Okay, so I'll tell you real quick about the game here, and then I'll go back into this. But it is a dice drafting game where you have specialty dice that have alchemy symbols on them. And for maybe somebody who knows a lot about alchemy, it's very nice. But the alchemy symbols on these dice, like two of them, well, you know, two of them look like each other almost, or and then another two look like each other, and it's very hard to kind of, you know, figure out which one is which. Okay, so that's just the first thing with the iconography that's a little tough. But I digress. It's a dice-drafting game. You're trying to basically, on your player board, make, you know, these uh, complete these experiments, which are kind of, uh, you know, potions, basically. And you're trying to get artifacts, and you're just overall trying to score victory points. I mean, that's, you know, it's a basic euro type of game, where uh, but the main mechanism, like I said, is dice-drafting. I... Taught this game to my wife and to my uh, son, Mason. And I will tell you this, guys. I have never seen Mason so angry in a board game as he was during this game. Wow. (laughs) Because he kept, like, the iconography is so tough that he kept thinking, oh, okay, I got this, I'm going to do this, and then all of a sudden come in, and he'd be like, oh, that's the wrong symbol, or oh, that's that, and I mean, he was genuinely like, I at one point was like, do you want to stop the game? It was that bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then I thought, okay, well, okay, maybe it's, you know, it's a first play. So then, I beat my wife in the game, which doesn't happen very often. And, of course, my wife wants to play it again because she
1: wants to beat me. God, I'm glad you finished that sentence. Yeah, I know. I know I me too.
3: <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll do some fancy editing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: we'll have uh, Clef locked up here shortly.
0: <laughs> um, so my wife and I then played a two-player game of it still very tough to play because you're still having to constantly look at the rule book and kind of trying to understand things we get to so i I beat her again so then she wants to play again so (laughs) well that really is bad. phrasing phrasing. i i uh outscored her in the game Mm -hmm. so then she wanted to play again (laughs) so talk about a long game so we played a third game of this my wife and i just two players three hours for a two-player game oh, three hours now Partly because she was APing so much because she she was ready to, she she was ready. Yeah. She wanted to win. So that long game. So then last night I went to teach my game group, my normal Friday night game group who are good seasoned gamers. All right. I mean, city of the big shoulders is nothing to them. You know I mean? They are good understanding of gamers. I have never had such a tough rule teach where I'm getting so many people asking me like, Oh, what about this? Oh, I need this question. I need this question. And I'm constantly trying to answer questions. Let's just say after four hours, we were done with two of the three rounds and we just called the game.
1: Oof. Hmm.
0: It's tough. It is the, I, I want to say that the actions are fairly simple. You get six actions. You, know, you, you draft a die and then you got six actions to do. And I'm not going to bore you guys with the actions, but you're just doing different things. But it's so hard to have everybody understand what those actions are. And then not only that, but then you have reaction tokens. So similar to something like, say, the Gallerist or something, you know, when you get a bump action off of a, you know, when you leave a person out there or whatever, this is you constantly have these reaction things. So somebody finishes their turn, and then you've got to go to around the table to every single person. Hey, do you want to do a reaction? Hey, do you want to do a reaction? And the game just drags. And everybody kind of, like, once again, I don't want to say too much because who knows, maybe we'll do a review of this game, but everybody was just like, there is just... It's a good game. Everybody kept saying it's a good game. I just don't have any, like, good feeling while I'm playing the game. There's no, like, ooh, I did this, and now I get to do all this. It was very choppy, almost, is what I would call it. Like, everything didn't really flow together.
2: Is it micro turns? I mean, are you are you saying they didn't get the feeling of comboing something right. into you, another? You're
0: doing very much like you'll, just, you'll spend a potency or two, which is how you use these dice... Uh, on this track. And you'll do these very like, okay, oh, I'll take a, a new experiment, you know, or I'll get these Essen tokens that you S ES, not Essen S ES, essence tokens that you'll uh, got Essen on the brain um, that you'll get. It just, it just did not feel very like, uh, Co- yeah. Cohesive would be a good word. Yeah. That's how it was. And there's really, even with these reaction tokens, you're really not, having much player interaction either you're really doing a solo game and like another like newton where you're really just playing a solo game you have all those fun things that you get a combo and continue to you know build that tableau and stuff this it never felt that way it just feels very you know non-cohesive yeah i i don't know and i don't think my game group will play it again
1: yeah, I think there's been this trend in in Euro games, especially. I think it's on the back of the success of some, someone like Vito Lacerda. Of their idea of how to make a game heavy is to just to cram as many things as possible into the game. And what, what they fail to realize with Vito Lacerda's games is they're, yes, they're complex, but they're very elegant. And they're very well engineered and there seems to be a lot of games that just do a lot and i spoke to a friend of mine about this and i said should i give it a go and he said honestly it's just it's this big cocktail of mechanisms and it's it's frankly unrefined
0: yep
2: yeah you're i think you're right the other thing is that uh that vital's games most of the stuff that's added is in service to make it more thematic, which helps you remember what you're doing and, and why, I think, too. So, right. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to know, Clef, because Missy played it a few times, which she doesn't always, your, your wife, she doesn't always like to play again. Is it a game you think she enjoyed or wants to play again if, if she won it?
0: Uh, now that she has uh, outscored me in the game, uh, she'll never play it again. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, right. I think it just had to do with the fact that, you know, she does, she does not like losing, and so she wanted to figure it out. And the last game we played, she beat me 158 to 88. So she, she thoroughly... <laughs> she did it uh, soundly. She, All right. Well... Out of those three hours that we played, I think she took two and a half hours of those and I took (laughs) a half those. So So next time... She doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm (laughs) okay. (laughs) So
3: so next time Chad throws that into the messenger, we're just going to ignore it?
0: I suppose I might, yes. (laughs) Great. Uh, But hey, yeah. So anyway, so that was... uh, Ben, do you remember what the game was?
1: Was that (laughs) Trismajismus? Pretty close. (laughs) That's That's good. I'm a... I'm a voiceover actor. I usually have a script in front of me. I'm not uh, I, yeah. I to remember things. Uh, well, yeah, but haven't you, you you do some improv, right? Um, I've never done improv in my life. The thought of it oh, scares really? the life out. Of me. No, I I oh, do wow. theater stuff where I have a script, and I do voiceover stuff where I have a script that I don't have to learn.
0: Oh, mm, all right, that's okay. Well, I'm, that's...
1: I'm far far too cowardly to do improv. Huh? Wow. What about
3: you, Clef? Because I know, I don't know if you know this, Ben, that Clef <laughs> was Oh yeah. the, were you voted the best actor in your high school? Is I was, that correct? I was
0: voted best actor in my 12th, in my senior year in uh, at high school. Yes, I was.
1: That is. I what, oh, come uh, on, then. Oscar, give us some give Shakespeare. You must remember some Shakespeare. Come on. The listeners, the listeners the listeners will love it to be or not to be that's right. all righty I, I assume the i assume the field was very small <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right uh, that probably might be the only line i might have <laughs>
1: Yep. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right let's let's get to richie's mailbag yeah we need your <laughs> right. expertise
2: on a mailbag question
3: All right, so we got an email from Andy uh, here in Omaha, a local uh, gamer uh, who makes beautiful
2: crokinole boards.
0: Yeah, right. And a in lot fact, of that dice tray that wood dice wood
2: that, uh, that Ben won. That's right. That's, right. that's Came from, Andy. from Andy. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's Ooh.
0: right.
1: That that you dice use tray, use that tray is there absolutely astonishing. I I use that. I use that, genuinely use that, especially when I'm doing role playing. It is brilliant. The dice barely make a noise when you throw them in. It's absolutely amazing.
3: Nice. Nice. Yeah, he does a lot of great work. So uh, Andy's question is, is there a game that you heard was really good or was hyped up to you that when you finally played it, it let you down? And then he also wants to know, did you ever go back to play it again or did you that first play just ruin it for you? So let's start with Ben. Let's see, uh, Ben. Did was there a game that got ruined on the first play that was hyped up to, for you?
1: Oh yes, there was. Oh god. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, 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 it, it, this is this experience is my norm, basically. So <laughs> I saw I saw all the videos, and I was very excited about because I, I really I really jumped on the whole legacy thing, hard. And this was Charterstone.
3: Oh yeah.
1: Oh. So so I just I actually just finished a campaign of Charterstone. And after the first game, I thought I might hate this more than anything I've ever hated in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind light games but this is a game this is really the equivalent of everyone gets a prize the game Oh. it is so forgiving to the point of being absolutely pointless it's it's blamange it is bland soup it is english cuisine it is absolutely everything you don't want in a game there are no decisions there are no, there's nothing of import everything you do gives you something if you've ever seen those old videos of bf skinner when he's <laughs> giving seeds to the pigeons and making them turn in a circle this is it you peck the button and it gives you seed it is absolutely the worst experience and and to your question did i play it again after the first play yes i was guilted into (laughs) completing the whole bloody campaign of it six players two of which are the worst ap people on the planet it's the easiest game to play in the world just put it and they would take twenty minutes for every turn. And yeah, it took us. It took us four months. And it's I sort of walked around with this dark cloud of bloody Charterstone <laughs> over me for four months, dreading the sound of my notification from WhatsApp because someone was going to suggest we meet again. And oh God, oh, and yes. I so so that is a game that disappointed me extremely on the first play. <laughs> not only did I go back to it, I went back to it for a significant portion of my life.
2: Yes, you did. Oh, well, you, wow, that's you, my you, favorite you, review of yours. I think that is my favorite <laughs> review. What, what he just did right yeah, there, right there. <laughs> right there, right there. Yeah,
0: and no. guess what? That was uh, that was all improv too. So yeah, I think you've got. Well, a well sometimes I
1: do improv. Yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, well, you're definitely not getting any argument out of yeah. We sympathize all over the same. Way.
3: I, I was, was just... I was honestly dreading. It, I just wanted to get that done with. Yeah, I, 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 just I knock could it out as quick so as possible. Less after Awful. yeah, and
0: it
1: was such a boring game. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I think we played like three in one night just to get it through. Oh yeah.
1: But but saying this, I know this is probably not up your alley as gamers, but Betrayal Legacy is spectacular. It knows its genre completely it is huge amounts of fun our final game we turned up in fancy dress it is it is it is a brilliant experience and for a group of friends just to sit around a table and act like idiots i would highly recommend it yes. Yeah, that's something agree. that still interests
2: me and richie you've been playing it haven't you
3: uh we haven't gone back in a while but yes we did start our campaign and we have been enjoying it so yeah ben we're gonna have to keep you around here in omaha for a little bit longer yeah
1: well, absolutely. I definitely need to go and see the uh, Lauritsen Gardens at some point. <laughs> that's, right.
3: <laughs> that's right by the zoo. What's, what's the uh, well? Old, exactly.
0: Uh, uh, what's the old travel book that people used to carry around? You know, where they'd find. Is it of the that's like sa- Reuters Guide or uh, no like, Lonely Planet Fulmans or something like? that? I thought there was like a, I don't know, like, this is what oh, yeah, it sounds yeah, like yeah. Ben's reading from. He's just <laughs> yeah, flipping a page right. like, yep, here it is. Nice.
1: How
0: uh, dare you? I really
1: have visited St. Cecilia Cathedral. It's very nice.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, on that note, I'm going to talk about a game that, so, I, I wouldn't say this game was necessarily hugely hyped, but there was one night, I was at a game night, and a guy comes over and he's like, hey, I got this game. I love it. I, I really want you to play it. And it was called Imperium by Matt Gertz. Okay. Which obviously we know from Concordia, you know, great. Uh, the Matt Gertz. And Im- he's imp- like, yeah, you, you got to Do you mean? Im- imperial, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Imperial. You just, <laughs> you the microphone cracked at the moment. Ben, you didn't hear it. Okay. Oh, okay. So <laughs> Imperial, yeah. And so he's like, yeah, you guys got to play this game. So we're like, okay. And I'll mind you, it's like. It's like midnight, one o'clock. You know, it's late when we're ready to start this game, and he starts to teach it. Now, this guy's a great guy. Uh, he's, you know, but he's not the best teacher. Okay, so we've had people like that where you start to teach. Richie just looked at Chad. Um, hey, uh, hey, oh, 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 oh. Chad, you've gotten better. Um, but anyway, so he starts to teach it, and it's not. It's it's going a little rough with the teach. So finally, we're at the point where like, okay, well, let's just start. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, my wife wants me to blah, 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 so I'm just going to let you guys play and I'm, I'm going to go do this other thing. So we're all kind of sitting around at each other going, uh, so the one person who knows how to play just left. So I literally <laughs> played maybe two rounds of it, didn't really even know what was going on, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I'm not going to continue to play this game. I don't know what I'm doing. So – Uh, I just got out of this game, and so, yes, it has really soured my taste to want to go, even since people have told me, no, it's really good, that you should go back and try it again. I'm having a hard time going back and trying it again because my first initial play was so soured by what happened. So
1: that would be mine. It's, it's a wonderful game, Imperial. I, I, was, taught, I was taught it by um, Mariano and Veronica, the Watch Your Game people, and they really love the game. So they really sort of, they were super enthusiastic when teaching it. And yeah, you need to go back. It's, it's a really okay. great game. Right. And it's, I, it's I, super, I, super interesting.
0: And I feel like I'll like it. It's just one of it's, it kind of soured it. And it's just a little bit hard for me to now try to get it back to the table. But uh, thanks been
1: there for name dropping. I mean, you
0: know, you your game people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that,
1: that is what I, I, I mean, I have so little in my life that I have to name drop the completely unfamous people that I know. <laughs> Well,
0: so Whoever, the game whoever's
1: that- editing this should put a put, should put a ding ding next to every name. <laughs> like, like Twenty <laughs> times. I'm have a counter. That's perfect.
0: <laughs>
1: well,
2: the game that was like that for me was Power Grid. Uh, the first time I played it, it was there were we had I think a six person game, and the auctions in that were interminably long. And I thought maybe I just don't like auctions, but we just went around the table. One dollar at a time, bid after bid after bid, and there were a lot of people with AP in the game as well, and it just went on for forever. And I mean, that really soured me. I would just say that the auction in that game, if you're not careful, it could just go on just interminably. And so for me, it was Power Grid, and I did go back to it. And plays have gotten better since. I'd like to, I'd like to play it now. A, a few years removed from that experience and, and try it again but but yeah the the first play was awful
0: all right Richie, what's what say you
3: uh black angel i mean it's still my <laughs> my worst like letdown i Is love because
0: because of chad's teach or because no, come on now, now. <laughs> no, no. my teach was great I, I would say
3: actually he did really good on he that teach yeah good. he did really good on that teach no it was just i'm i love Toa, and that was being hyped up and Chad's been sending me pictures cause he loves the, Ian O'Toole tool art. He's been sending me pictures over and over and the, it, the art looks great. It looks beautiful. So beautiful. Beautiful. I played Selenia and Selenia, even though it's a, a small 45 minute game, very light, you only place, you only have 16 actions throughout the entire game, but it has good interaction. It has some tension there as far as uh, being, you know, that the whole planet mechanism that they use in black angel uh, is, is that whole game. So I was very excited for it. And I mean that it was a big letdown. Uh, when we played it on that game day and it never got better and it got worse. Did I give it a 1? Because if I didn't you, give it a 1, punch board previous play right now, it's a 1. I'm pretty sure I gave it a 1 though. Uh,
2: or maybe I gave it a 2. No, I think you gave it a 2. It's uh, a 1. Okay.
3: <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I, it was a big letdown for me. Uh, Twa is he, so good.
0: I think you gave it a 1 because it was the first time somebody had given a 1. To oh yeah, maybe oh, that's yeah. right. Since I definitely my, gave it a 1. It's a 1. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, Have you gotten to play that yet, Ben? I haven't. Um, but Based on your review of it, I basically thought, well, I don't need to bother
2: them. Yeah, I think.
1: Do you have you played Twa? I haven't played Twa either.
2: Uh, You need to play. I would. I would recommend that. I'd I'd recommend at least seeing what you think of it. So, well, listen, we have you here in Omaha. You know, we yes, yes, I would be remiss if if uh, we didn't ask you at least a few questions. I know that. That the the people who listen to us are are dying to hear more about the enigma that is Ben Maddox. So
1: well, it well, it seems to me that all you ever do is talk about me on your podcast. So I mean, it's fitting that I come on. Really, you know? Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So well, okay. So the first the first big
2: thing that uh, that I want to hear that everybody wants to hear about is what was your entry into board games? What how did it start out for you?
1: Well, I'm so. I've always been sort of nerd adjacent, I suppose. (laughs) So, you know, as a kid, I kind of remember playing Hero Quest a bit. And then when I was sort of 17, 18, I remember having sort of very foggy, you know, it's PG-13, marijuana-drenched nights playing -playing (laughs) role-playing games, you know, and staying up till sort of five o'clock in the morning and all of that sort of stuff. But basically it was when I moved to Berlin in late 2011 and I was getting to that age where I thought I need to find something you know I moved to Berlin I knew one person and I thought I I need to find something that will help me meet people because I have no real issue meeting people but that isn't basically drinking because I'm getting I'm getting older now I can't go out and party every night you know because I, I I feel it incredibly the next day and so I just started I started you know going on youtube and watching the dice tower and you know a lot of people a lot of people bag on the dice tower a lot but they they're absolutely wonderful for someone who wants to get into the hobby for their sheer you know exhaustiveness on everything absolutely. and so i bought a copy of pandemic because the the idea i didn't know cooperative games existed and that idea intrigued me and you know i played pandemic and i thought my god this thing is this it's not game of life it's not monopoly it's you know it's not whist drives and all of this it's it's something that's completely different to what i've expected and actually really enjoyable and then from then on i just fell hard like i think the third game i bought was trajan and you know from then on it sort of it, it became quite an obsession well, and, and you
2: talk in your podcast quite a bit with people who have often started out with D&D, and, and I can tell that there's been kind of a, a shared love there when you when you talk about it. So you still play a lot of D&D. Uh, is, it, is it the love of the narrative that you have? Because I know you enjoy writing too.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, D&D, I remember listening to a podcast, there's a great podcast called Nerd Poker, which is a load of comedians like Brian Persane and a few other people, mm, sort of yeah. reasonably sort of Hollywoody types. And they play they play D D. And one of the guys on the he was talking about it on the podcast and he said, you know, D D is a great game for writers. And I I guess I guess, you know, I'm an actor and I'm a sort of no-name actor. And so I spend a lot of time not acting. And and this is the one thing people don't tell you about being an actor, is you spend most of your acting career not actually acting. <laughs> right. Doing the jobs is, is is really, you know, really a small part of it. And so what D&D allows me, especially playing uh, being the DM, which I usually am, is is to flex those muscles, to do stupid accents, to try and draw something out of the players, to encourage the players to do things. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I, I mean, I... Uh, we're going to talk about what is ostensibly my favorite game later, I think in the show, but actually my favorite game is Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's, it's glorious in what it does and I could play it endlessly.
2: Yeah. It's, it's quite a system. Well, so what did you, I mean, from there then from playing, playing all these games, what got you into wanting to do a podcast? I know you, you had had one before, uh before Five Games for Doomsday, but what what really yeah. sparked that interest?
1: Well I'm just a I'm a I'm a mouthy so and so basically. And <laughs> I like the sound of my own voice. And so I thought, <laughs> you know, I've got opinions and, and what's so wonderful? We live in a wonderful age. And people don't talk about it. People talk about how terrible the internet is. But we've we've truly democratized media. It's it's a wonderful thing. So the niche of a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche has a podcast. And it may only be listened to by three people, but it's three people who really love it, you know. And I think that's the really the best thing about sort of the ubiquity of the internet. And I listened to a guy's podcast. I thought, this ain't great. I could liven that up a bit. So I wrote to him and said, hey, can I come and guest on your podcast? So I would guest on that every so often. And I thought, this is easy, you know. And I thought I'd start my own. And it wasn't easy. And you know, my podcast before Five Games for Doomsday ended in incredible public acrimony, which is a real pain. When I say incredible public acrimony, I mean, the the three people who listened seemed bothered by it. Um, But you know, and then I decided it's a great, I, I love writing. Whereas, you know, I sort of, I trained to be an actor. I went to drama school and I've worked as an actor kind of professionally for 20 years. That's what I consider my profession. Writing is a passion that I'm kind of not courageous enough to dip my toe into professionally yet. And so podcasting, helps me, it gives me an avenue for writing, which is really great that I wouldn't get otherwise.
0: So Ben, I mean, what is it about board games that you enjoy so much?
1: I think I can sum it up best by, it was a game of Concordia, and it was a four player game of Concordia. And we played the game, and then all four of us sort of all simultaneously stood up and looked at the board and we all just kind of went, oh, and it just felt like we'd just done two and a half hours of just time well spent. Mm-hmm. There is that, we have that warmth in our stomach of just thinking, this was valuable and fun and satisfying and that's what board games give you fundamentally it's that sort of i guess there's a sort of relay between the brain and the stomach and yeah. that sort of irradiating warmth when it's really good it's about as satisfying as anything basically
2: well put uh the, the sharing that deep satisfaction with others is is where, where it's at.
1: What's so beautiful about it as well is exactly what you said. I love cinema. I love books. I love music. But especially, you know, sort of cinema and books, they're solitary experiences. Board games aren't. They're communal experiences.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I want to know, because you talked about writing and uh, your love of writing, that really comes out in your, in not, not as much in your interviews as your reviews that you do, which are really well-crafted and uh, a microcosm of a, like you said, that satisfaction, that feeling, it gives you the feeling of a game. Rather than describing mm. all the mechanisms and 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 those kinds of things, you usually take about five minutes to distill the game down to its essence of the feeling that you had when when you played it, which is which mm. is great. Uh, recently, you kind of talked about responsibility as a reviewer and right. what what our responsibility should be as as game reviewers. I was I was wondering if you could kind of expound upon that uh, for for some of our listeners who didn't catch that. I, I thought it was really interesting because you, you talked about, you know, if we're going to review a game, how we should review a game and and what the trend is in board game reviewing because it's still uh, pretty immature.
1: Well, it's it's immature and it's amateur, you know. And yes. so the argument, the argument, the current argument, I think this whole idea of paid reviews is a red herring. Because why? It, I mean, people are willing to prostrate themselves for a free copy of a game. So why would you, any company bother paying a reviewer? It makes no sense at all. Um, but that the argument was on Twitter that you shouldn't be obligated to review a game you don't like. And my first reaction to that was bemusement, because. I consider the the sort of act of deciding why I like a game to be the exact same process as deciding why I don't like a game. I love writing, I love producing the reviews. So I was sort of amused. If 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 producing reviews is such a pain for you, then why are you bloody reviewing games? It makes no sense to me. Right. And then secondly, there's I, I think because it's so immature and because it's essentially amateur as an industry within board games and people extol the virtues of community so strongly, I think it's beholden upon people who decide, especially if they get a WordPress website and they put themselves out there as reviewers, I think it's absolutely beholden upon them to review games they don't like because I'm a firm believer in reviewing being about moderation, not about encouraging purchasing. It should be about stopping people's impulse to buy because we consume far too much anyway. And so if you play something and you genuinely think it's valuable, it's wonderful and noble to evangelize about that. If you play something you genuinely think is terrible, also it's incumbent upon you. It's a responsibility to essentially warn others to say to others, look, don't go out, spend your money on this because it's not worth it. And I think that's as, as, as much of a sort of job as a reviewer has, I think it's that. Right.
0: Right. But, but the problem obviously for reviewers are if we are getting free review copies or we have a relationship with these people, it's hard to say, Oh my goodness, that game was, was terrible because obviously then you feel like you can break that relationship and it's a tough thing to do cuz we have that you know i mean and obviously we give we give fair reviews because we have given many a games bad reviews but it's still tough to then do those things because yeah we we certainly don't want to be i don't know you know not those publishers not give us a chance to to then possibly review a game for them later you know what i'm saying
1: well, it all comes back to why are you doing reviews? If it, if right. it's if it's for free games, I don't think that's a particularly noble. Although getting free games is cool, I mean it's brilliant, but it's it's not a particularly noble aspiration, right? I I right. do reviews because I enjoy I enjoy the art of it. it, it that sort of moral aspect, my responsibility aspect, is not kind of the reason I do it. I do it because I enjoy producing the reviews. But, you know, you have to accept that unless you're Tom Vassell or unless you're Rado, there is a possibility that if you do a negative review of a game, that the faucet might be shut off. I don't think that should stop you, though. So I right. recently got on the reviewer list of a of a big publisher, a reasonably big publisher. Someone who's I wanted to get to get on the reviewer list for a while, and I'd reviewed a game of theirs previously, and I'd reviewed it very positively. And then they sent me a game, sort of in advance. In what it hadn't, it was the only copy in Europe, and it was designed by a close friend of mine, and it was bad. And so I slated it, and so I have severed the relationship. I haven't right. had answers to my emails. So I've severed the relationship with that publisher. But Christ, I mean, we all live in gaming communities. Everyone buys games. You don't need to have the free games to review them. It's nice, they are the fuel for a podcast. And so, you know, but if you're, I would suggest, if you're holding back on your real opinions about a game for fear that you don't get the free games, I would question as to whether you should be in the reviewing game at all. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: Agreed. I couldn't agree more. And I would say, I mean, especially nowadays where it seems like you can't have a disagreement with someone without them just ending a relationship with you. I I guess I just wouldn't even want to be involved with a publisher or a designer that, because I mean, if you really think that every game that you put out is gold, with the amount of games that come out every year, I mean you're
2: just you're delusional. right. Well, listen, I know I, I, I have been itching to ask you this. I know it's kind of a hackneyed, lazy concept, you know, but let's let's just say. That there was an apocalypse that you have to outrun to get to like a little cabin in the woods, and and you can only take five games right. with you. I mean, just based on that f- flimsy principle, <laughs> which a, again, a terrible I idea I mean, for a show. Yeah, it was <laughs> it, it was all I could think of in the moment. But based on that, I mean, you had already said D and D, and if you want, you can leave the other game that we might talk about later. Uh, you can you can kind of leave that. But based on that. What would you what would you take to this uh to this cabin?
1: Well, I mean I'm in a bit of a bind here. Because if you back my show at the five dollar level, you get the interview that I did, which has my list of five games. And it would be it would be very unfair to my listeners. But uh, yes. I can yes. un- I can answer that question. I think I ask it of everyone I interviewed, basically, why these five games and what were the what was the rubric they used to take it and i think it's a combination of nostalgia so you want something that's going to remind you of better times there's a purely utilitarian aspect something that is just brilliant that is going to have depth and replayability that you're going to be able to uh, you're going to, be able to play endlessly and also i think there's an element of curation you should try and take the best of breed even if it's something that you don't love so i will give you one one game i took perfect is a game that i loved when i played it and i think it is a great work of art i don't play it anymore because i played it to death and that's the grizzled I, I think the grizzled is simply astonishing and it's a it's a game that deals with war in a compassionate anti-war way which so few games that deal with combat do and i i think it's a without wanting to say hugely pretentious but hey why stop the habit of a lifetime it's a, <laughs> it's a gesamtkunstwerk every aspect of it is brilliant the art is brilliant the mechanisms are brilliant the theme is brilliant the way it's gently handled is 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 just amazing and i would take that simply because i think when we all come bleary eyed out of the bunkers we need to rebuild civilization and i think when it comes to games you should say maybe aspire to this
2: and that's really interesting too because that's a game uh, i i would agree with you and that's a game that i think you know based on the the story of the game and the the unfortunate story of the artist involved in the game i think it actually the game got bigger than it may have uh in all the the noise that is games that get released uh, which is a good thing. Oh, you know, sure. I think that it's one of the few co-op games that Clef will actually play, I think. So, you know, uh, you know that right there, that's that's a pretty big thing.
0: Yeah, I, I will agree. Yeah, this, sure. this definitely have some interesting decisions, and yeah, I, I do enjoy it. Okay, Ben, I have one last question for you here before we move on. Okay. And I'd like to remind you before I answer, ask this question, uh, I am the only one here who's a Patreon of yours. Who's your favorite punch board? Is it <laughs> Richie, Chad, or me?
3: You know,
1: (laughs) you know, you know, parents, parents always lie and say they don't have a favorite kid. Yes. That's
2: funny. You know,
1: when I think of Punchboard Paradise, I don't think of three individuals. I think of a three headed hydra. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of oh, <laughs> board game opinions some of them are right about Forum Trajanum some of them are very very wrong about Nations for instance ah, yeah, and ooh. I think that mm. my favourite Punchboard Paradise contributor is all three of you because in your Aww. own way <laughs> you're all as wrong as each other
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, with that, we will all join in a group hug.
1: Ah! Oh. All right. Well, oh, wait, Ben. Where are we now in Omaha? Where, where, where are we at? Well, well I think we should uh, go down to Wave Bistro and maybe oh. <laughs> have some Chinese food. That's
0: perfect. That's, <laughs> that's right, right down, down the, that's the right tree. next yeah. to, the, yeah. to the game shop. <laughs> yeah, all right, perfect. All right. We're in. Well, uh. while we dawdle on,
1: uh, on down to Wave,
2: let's uh, let's move on to our our big uh, our big draft.
0: Yeah, let's do it. All right, Richie, tell everybody how we draft here at Punchboard Paradise.
3: So on Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists, so that's why we draft, and we are going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you're going to draft first in the second round, and this is our first time drafting with four people, so it's going to get tight Ooh, possibly. Exciting. Well, we, we know one tight. game from both Clef and Ben that we don't need to worry about, but outside of that
0: make it a little
1: tight. If there's any crossover on my list, I'll be hugely surprised. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. Um so the draft we are doing is, is, is tableau building. So basically tableau building. You should know <laughs> any it game is, that it has tableau <laughs> building. Yeah. All right. We're all rolling our dice. 7, 7, 3, 9. Oh. oh. All right. All right. All right, our all right, guest ben. gets to choose the so draft
1: gonna, order. Yeah. So, I'm going to gamble here that no one's going to screw me. <laughs> well Um I'm gonna go Okay, I'll go first. Okay. Then we shall go in the order that the dice have been rolled. I think mean, that's the fairest way to do it, right? All right, all right. Uh well, did oh, you both roll and and whatever seven. that was. So roll off.
0: Okay. Chad and I are gonna do a roll off. Oh, roll quick. off. I got another seven. I got a ten. Okay. So okay, so it's Ben, Chad, me, and then Richie. Alright. Sounds good. All
1: right, Ben. What's game one? So my first game is my first ever favorite game. I bought this game, and then about six months afterwards, I was sort of thinking about what's my favorite game, and it was this one. And it is a—it's basically a take that game, but it's—it's it's wonderful fun. And I pay, played it recently. I have all of the expansion. It's completely out of print, and it's brilliant. And that's Blood Bowl Team Manager. Ooh! Good. All right.
3: assume—I assume I, no,
1: I, none of you have played
3: this
2: you are oh, correct
3: that is that is correct
2: How, now have you played the other you know
1: the the miniatures blood bowl i have i i am currently painting my team because i'm a terrific nerd but um <laughs> yeah blood bowl team blood bowl team manager is great it's a really snappy card game in which you you have a team and all of these teams have particular characteristics and what you do is you lay them out on matchups. And you sort of build up your matchups and you're trying to get the greatest number of points. And you play a season and it takes about an hour and there's loads of back and forth and then there's loads of sort of last minute scuppering of people. Richie might like this because it's it's, it's pretty confrontational. Well, it is. The the nature of it, the core of it is confrontation. And it's really good fun. And it was, yeah, it was the first board game game that I really sort of fell in love with and thought, yes, I'll nail my colors to the mask. This is my favorite.
3: Well, I'm going to check that out. Cause I have looked into it, but you know, being around these two, I, I get pushed to euros a lot.
1: Oh, certainly give it a go. It's great. You won't regret it.
2: All right. So for my next pick, then I am going to take, well, there's, there's a few that I really like here, but I know, I know who I'm dealing with here. So I'm going to take uh, Lorenzo Il Magnifico because, uh, I it's know that's on a favorite.
0: Really, it's not on my list either. Wow, I would,
3: not, I would not call it a tableau builder. Oh no, man. No, y- y- yes. I didn't feel like it's it was a, worker a tableau placement.
0: Yeah, I didn't feel like it was a tableau builder. You can build an this engine, yeah. but you don't have to.
3: You don't have to to win the game.
2: Well, you have to have some t- those cards to kick off. I mean, that's your tableau. You have
1: to have not those necessarily. cards necessarily.
0: Huh? No, yep, this is a terrible pick, Chad. <laughs> <go ahead. laughs>
1: hey, hey, I, this is no, this is no all So don't worry. It's <laughs> Ben, have you played Lorenzo? I have. I played it once, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was really great. I played it about. Yeah, I played it in the summer for the first time, and it didn't strike me as particularly tableau buildery either. I must confess. But oh wow! I it was okay. A really, a really lovely tight euro. Yeah, loads of fun. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell us about this worker placement game that I love so much. All
3: right. Well. <laughs>
2: I think that Lorenzo Il Magnifico is a really great engine builder, of which you need those cards in your tableau to be able to kick those off. I like how tight it is. It, especially at two players, it's very aggressive, and you could be without, uh, you could be without being able to kick off your whole uh, tableau that you've built if someone goes to that space first. So yes, I, I suppose there is a, definitely a worker placement to that, but. Um, but I really like the tableau aspect of building right, Just
3: because you keep saying
2: tableau,
0: <laughs> I'm making make a, a tableau, tableau. builder. <laughs>
3: all
2: right.
0: Dazzle us with your pick, Clef. Uh, all right. I, I'm going to pick a tableau builder. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to go with a what's your game.
2: Ooh, I know what this Zango. is. Zango. Mm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yes. This is a great tableau builder. Uh, this game, you are... Uh, You get a hand of six cards uh, to start the game off with, and basically you have a choice. You can either put one of those cards into your tableau, which then will get you different actions as you go along, or you can obviously discard it to then trigger those actions. A wonderful game, uh, just wonderful design, and just an, an amazing tableau builder. So Chad, do you understand? It's that? their, it's their, it's their best game, I think. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, it's what you it get. best game. It is pretty good, uh, I think. I say Madeira is their best game, but it's, it's a close. It's, it's close really good. Up there. Yeah.
3: It's, I mean, it's up there, and that's coming back. They're uh, going to be doing. That's their next. That's their next. Deluxe edition, I believe.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I look forward to that. So I, I love it. So great game.
3: All
2: right, Richie, what you got?
3: All right, so for my first one, I'm going to go with London Second Edition. Oh,
0: had it on my uh, list. Martin I Wallace.
3: Uh, so I had played the original London a long time ago before I met you two and it was fine. I, did, I thought it was fine. You had the board out there. I I had played a two player game where they had there was some type of broken combo that was in that game that I can't remember what the exact combo was, but I had r- run into that. So I wasn't that impressed with it. I really like what they did uh, with the second edition taking the board out and just having the boroughs represented with those cards. And it's just a a brutal game where you're you're building your, your city, uh, tableau and running your engine and you're just constantly getting hit by poverty and you really have to manage that. Uh, so even though I typically stray from those punishing games, I mean, this plays so quickly, uh, and it, it's overall just a great game that I really enjoy. And that is London hmm. second edition.
2: I, I like that one, too, because it is so tough. It's it's very anti to the tableau building because you can't build too much because of that poverty, like you said. So you're stripping it down consistently, and that's that's tough decisions.
1: I, I've never played it, but it, it's a game I'd really love to play. And these these Osprey games, these reprints that they're doing are, are absolutely spectacular. I think.
3: Yeah, they've been doing a fantastic job with them.
1: Yeah. All
3: right, so for my second pick, I'm going to go with St. Petersburg 2nd Edition. Hmm. Mm. And uh, mm. this is one. This is one where, the first time I played, I played it with a local guy. Actually, I won't name the local guy here. That <laughs> <just> <laughs> absolutely slaughtered me. Uh, and I actually, I could probably talk about this for that question. <laughs> yes. Absolutely slaughtered me because he plays this game constantly. Oh, constantly, He constantly. plays like
0: three games, and this is one of them. And yes. He, yes.
3: And so I was, I was put off by that play, but. Luckily, I went back when they came out with the second edition. I really like what they added with the market. But in this, you are just constantly building up your Tableau uh, and triggering it throughout the different uh, phases of the game and trying to you know, just get that engine built uh, through that. So uh, if you have not played it, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I'm not sure. Actually, I think it might be out of print currently, but uh, I know you can play it online at like yukata.de. So... Uh, definitely check it out there if you uh get a chance to. And that is Saint Petersburg second edition. All right. I've only
0: played it a couple of times, but I enjoyed it quite a bit, but Chad you are not a big fan of it.
2: I, I it's not that I dislike it, it's just uh it, it's one of those it's one of those games that I felt like I I played other games like it. So, you know, and I I think sometimes when you come to games it makes a difference in how you how you feel about them. And I I think I had played other games that iterated on some of what St. Petersburg did that uh, before St. Petersburg. So then it wasn't as big of a deal
0: to me. It's still a good game. Mm-hmm. I, ben, what about you? Have you played that one?
1: I, I've never played St. Petersburg. It, it looks wonderful. It looks like one of those games that starts off you know, really simply and just expands and expands and expands the more you play it. But I've I've never got around right to it. I should give it a go at some point.
0: All right. So for my second pick, I am going to go with Deus. It's a D E U S, so Deus, and it is, um, a, it's a game where you've uh, you get cards, and you are, you'll have five different sections that you can put these cards into, and when you first play a card down, you'll get whatever the card gives you, whether you know whatever, or and this or that or some sort of a military move, you know, type of things that it will give you. Then the next time you go back to that same row and you put another card there and you do something, now you're going to activate that card and the card that you played before. And you're going to continue to do this as you continue to put these cards out in your tableau. You're just going to continue to get more and more actions as you kind of activate these different things. And then you're going out to a centralized board where you're trying to just basically put out these buildings. And then you have a little bit of area control where you're surrounding these villages to take victory points i mean but it's the cool part of this game is where you just continually put these cards down and keep building on your tableau of of uh these actions that you get to take and it's 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 a light game it doesn't it probably you can play a game in uh 30 to 45 minutes you know i mean maybe an hour with four players but really really solid game uh deus
2: good pick i was gonna pick that one that's good
0: that's right has anybody else played that one? Oh, chad has i I, I,
2: I sold my copy
3: to chad i believe <laughs> yes <you did. laughs> so, oh, ouch <laughs> it's not a bad game i just i guess i just wasn't one i don't think it plays that well at two and i, I most of my plays are at two player sure so that's why i, I moved along to chad and um yeah i don't know it, i i've heard that the expansion changed it, it changed up the cards a little bit and i think that i may be interested in trying it again with the expansion but
2: uh, you probably would it's a little bit more aggressive if you want to put it okay. in there too yeah
0: it's a, and in fact it didn't just change it up a little bit like completely changed decks like you got gotcha. you put the other deck away and you have a whole new deck to play with okay and it okay. is more aggressive and more yeah more uh player interaction for sure
1: what about you ben have you gotten to play that one yeah never have it, it looks super interesting but i i haven't got around to it it, it, it see it, it's really interesting because as I say, there's going to be no crossover on our lists, and I'm fairly sure I'm not going to have played any of the games you're talking about. Well,
2: moving to back to my list, let's see. I'm you know before it gets.
0: Hold on, let's see if you can actually pick a tableau builder this time. All right, I'll give it my best shot.
2: on! <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Brass. with. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Race for the Galaxy. I think all this right, one is right, a classic and uh, kind of exemplary of the of the genre. Uh, it's certainly Thomas Lehman's best game, in my opinion. And I would say a lot of games that uh, our tableau builders try to iterate on on Race for the Galaxy, and Race for the Galaxy is still one of the best. I haven't played a lot of it. Uh, in physical form but i've started to play a lot of it online on the app uh and i really enjoy uh enjoy the app version i will say uh the iconography at first make it makes it a little bit difficult to teach but uh this is this is a classic and and uh has a has a well-earned reputation in my opinion
0: yeah absolutely that's that's a great game and great tableau builder for
3: sure yeah great game it, i mean it's another a uh, card game that i i would say that the app kills it for me i don't own the physical version i don't really see a need to own the physical version just because i can knock out a game real quick on my phone um so yeah i'd say that
0: you're more video uh not video game but yeah you're more play online then mm. then at least chad and i are i don't know about you ben if you do much online no
1: not. i detest playing on that so I, i've tried yeah. and I, I just can't get i just can't get behind it but you know I've, i only played roll for the galaxy and i was not particularly enamored with it and so that's sort of kept me away from race for the galaxy i think but i i See, should definitely try it.
2: yeah i yeah. would i would recommend it because i don't really care for roll for the galaxy either and yeah. so i would i
1: would recommend it uh, yeah, the I'm, card game
0: same boat i liked race much better than i liked roll all
1: right Ben we're back to you what's your next pick Okay so I like sort of games that are audacious and weird and do something that no one else has done and this game is is truly bizarre truly original and absolutely fantastic and this is Millennium Blades Yes ugh. this is <laughs> ugh, this is a CCG simulator and it's 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 Just how the hell he came up with the idea for this game? I've no idea, but it it really works and it's loads of fun. And, you know, it's a game I only played once, but I thought I love the audacity in this. I, I love the sheer refusal to look at the board game market whatsoever and think I'll do something that people might buy. It's just absolutely brilliant. And I highly recommend it to anybody.
2: Yes, good pick for
1: sure. Uh,
0: yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a pick. You, yeah. you,
1: so you sound super, super, super happy about that, Cliff. Uh, I,
0: I have played it and I've played it like four times, maybe five. Um, and I used to be a big Magic the Gathering player. So I certainly know all about collectible card games. Uh, there's just something for me that's a miss. Uh, I think especially the buying, you know, when you're the buying face. Yeah. And you're trying to, Oh, I'll give you that. And trying to do that. I just, that is just not me in a game. And I, I kind of lose it there. Is it because it's real time? Uh, possibly, I don't know. But there's just a point in there where it just just does it just disconnects with me.
3: Yeah, I didn't care for it myself, but I will say with I mean level ninety nine games, I like that the fact that his themes are wacky a lot of the times. Then he yeah. he'll, he yeah, really absolutely. goes after it for games, and he throws way too much stuff in the box. But <laughs> if you enjoy the game, then it you know it's usually. It's great.
0: It's an amazing design. I mean, how he came up with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And if and if you're if you have played collectible card games, you should try it and play it because it it does simulate collectible card games about as close as you can in a board game.
1: And in a world where you're constantly selling goods and transforming goods into victory points, it's it's occasionally really nice to play something that is utterly utterly different, different. from you know, what Agreed. most people are doing.
0: All right, Ben, you're up now for your third pick.
1: How, how, sorry, how many are we drafting? I just want to make sure I don't leave off the best game in the world.
0: <laughs> four.
1: four. We're drafting four. Four. Okay. So my third pick is a game that is brilliantly designed. Loads of fun. It works wonderfully as a game, but also thematically, it's, it's genuinely funny. And very few board games, apart from sort of party games, are genuinely funny, but this game is, and this is Last Will from Vladimir Sushi. Oh, ben, this is that
3: was on my list. Nice Ooh, pick. You
1: Boom! One from <laughs> <There you laughs> I
3: didn't know. think I had to worry about that.
1: <laughs> and and this game is hilarious but for all of the stupid situations you find yourself in. You know, taking your horse to the opera and all of this sort of stuff. It is is a game in which you've got to lose. Points rather than gain points, and if you ever see my bank account, it's it's one of the few talents that I have is losing money, <laughs> and so you know, last will. It, um, but what's so great is it's not a gimmick. That's the thing. Last Will is a beautifully designed game. It's wonderfully engineered. It is is it it is a really difficult puzzle to unravel. But at the same time, it has wonderful thematic integration. And when, when people talk about, you know, themes matching mechanics, you should open the dictionary and see a picture of the front cover of Last Will, in my
3: opinion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And have you played Prodigal's Club at all?
1: I have. And Prodigal's Club is good as well. But I think Last Will is... I think Last Will is superior.
3: Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. I was, I was just curious if you played it with all the three modules from Prodigals Club and Last Will together like that big mega I haven't game. I haven't
1: <laughs> I haven't been brave enough. I I just don't, I just don't play games enough to get there unfortunately. You know? Sure. Yeah. Unless I'm yeah. reviewing a game, unless I'm reviewing a game cuz all of my game group by game we yeah. we end up playing a lot of stuff maybe once, maybe twice. You know? Sure. Well what I, so what
2: what do you think it makes it superior is it the distillation of theme a little bit or it's it's
1: just what makes it so great is that you have someone doing a mechanical action so i activate this card and then i play this card and then you see about sort of halfway through the game people start realizing what they're actually doing and you'll see a grin come across their face and they'll look at you and go I'm taking my horse to the opera. And you see that with people every time they play. It's brilliant. And it's genuinely funny. And so so few games are, and especially Euro games. I mean, certainly comedy is not inbuilt, but there's such a great sense of humor. And there was a, a wonderful phase of CGE when they were bringing out Dungeon Pets and Dungeon Lords and Last Will, where they, they really focused on making games that, were wry and comic and a little bit cheeky and last will fits in there perfectly. I think.
2: Okay. Well, I think, I think I'm up next. So I will take as my next tableau builder, we've talked about it a few times and I, I still really like the game. So I'm going to take Imperial settlers for me. This kind of includes that empires of the North new thing that we talked about last time, that whole uh, group of, of games that are almost iteration. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Imperial settlers from Ignacy Trevichek and portal games. I, I, really enjoy the multi-use cards in this game that are also set out in your empire i like the i even like the micro turns but also the escalation and in in particular in imperial settlers a lot of times with some of these tableau builders they'll also have engine building in them you know i think that kind of goes without saying sometimes but in imperial settlers because sometimes what is talked about with these engine building games is I don't I didn't get enough chance to crank my engine. I built something but I didn't get to crank it yet. And with Imperial Settlers there's enough time to really build up those those turns and that that might not be for everybody but for me it, there's a really great sense of satisfaction of having built your engine and really running it and chaining this to do this to do this to do this which feels extremely satisfying seeing what you built in action. So Imperial Settlers is a is a great tableau builder for me.
0: All right. Yeah, that's a good game. I don't like it, but it's a good game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a, I, I, I can only play it. with the I, I can like only it. play with the Egyptians. The rest of the, the rest of the factions don't click with me, but I'm brilliant with the Egyptians, and I yeah, it's great. It's a good game. Cool.
0: All right, so I'm up next, and I, I don't. I feel like this is a tableau Uh-oh. game. Oh, it's always game. Okay. a good start. Here we go. <laughs> this is a, uh, a uh, little. Uh, you guys might have heard of this designer. His name's Alexander Pfister? It's not uh, a tableau a brother. You don't yeah, it, call it... A, no. I think Port Royale is a tableau. Oh, okay. I thought you were right. going yeah, somewhere I, else. I, no. I, okay. No, yes. no, no. that's am tableau. Port building. Royale. That's fair. Um, you know, it, it's a pressure luck type of game, but as you're going along in the game, you are continuing to get new cards that go into your tableau that then some of them are going to help you fight off ships. Some of them are going to make people buy cheaper. They're going to... Uh, give you more coins, you know, they're just different things. And you're just, it's, it's very, it's very quick. Um, It's, you know, uh, I don't always play three hour euros. And sometimes it's nice just to sit down, you play a nice quick press your luck game. In fact, I played it last night, I taught uh, a friend of mine, and we played two games in the course of 20 minutes, you know, so it's a real nice, just uh, solid game where you're building up your tableau. And It's by one of the best designers of all time, in Alexander Fister.
3: All right, I didn't think that's where you're going, but uh, yeah, I thought you were going Mombasa, which I would.
1: Oh no, I
0: would not call that a deck builder. That's a deck builder, I would say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Should should I be ashamed that I've never actually played an Alexander Fister game? I've played, goodness. No, 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 no. I've played Isle (laughs) of Sky and I've played Broom Service, both of which I love, but but a pure but a pure Fister. Actually, as we were talking, I've got a Games Day after this. And it's just started. Um, and a friend of mine just sent me a message saying, "Shall I save a seat at Maracaibo for you?" And I have yes. to say, I can't. All right, we got to get through. This I draft. can't. I'm with the punch <laughs> We get you there. Oh, oh
0: man! Well, you, you. Well, your last pick is really not all that good. So we could just let you go now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's as close
1: to blasphemy within the board gaming world. As well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that,
0: that's my number three is uh, Point Royale. All right, Richie, what Good do you got? Pick.
3: All right, so I'm going to go with the Bloody Inn. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so oh, this one, you, great game. Yeah, lo- lovely little card game. Uh, you are, are you one family? I can't remember. Yeah, one family killing a bunch of people, or yeah. you're a bunch yeah. of competing families killing people. Yeah. Uh, but in this, you are basically your tableau is also is going to be where you're burying the bodies. And also, uh, it makes it easier for you to kill people as you build up that tableau, uh, you just have to manage your money, uh, through this. Uh, it's a, it's a good balance of, you know, having to kind of push your luck with trying to kill people, hopefully not getting caught uh, by the police. And then also trying to, you know, get cash, the checks out of their, uh, out of the money that you've stolen from the, from the people that you've murdered. So great theme. Fantastic theme, and then on top of it, a fun game.
2: (laughs) It is, though. It's really macabre, and kind of the way that that Ben was talking about, that gleefulness. It's kind of what? Macabre.
0: He just says words I just don't understand half the time. You should know that one. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really the epitome of a dumb American. Right? I'm you. <laughs> so the way that Ben
2: talked about Last Will is, uh, I think this is sort of that too, you know, this, that gleeful, I'm burying this body or I'm going to make you bury this body for me and you you know, in you under your building or whatever, you know, there's a great stories with that.
0: Yeah. I liked the game a lot though. I was fun. Yeah, with it. So I've only get... got to play it once, but I had Yeah.
1: Fun. Black humor is the best humor. They always talk about British humor being being, you know, pitch black and the bloody inn is great. That sort of idea of, you know, yeah, killing people, taking their money and it being a jolly old jape is <laughs> is, is, is 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 not just it, it's not distasteful at all. It's the basis of great comedy in my opinion. Right.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right, Richie, what you got for your last one?
3: Uh, My last pick was going to be Last Will. Um, (laughs) Ooh, and (laughs) better, (laughs) and better. Uh, So I'm going to go with a game that I know is not popular uh, amongst uh, Chad and Cluff, and I'm going to go with Elysium. Uh, It's a game that uh, oh, it's a great game. Thank you, but Ben, you need to come on over to Omaha. We got to we got to see it for you, buddy. Um,
1: What what do you mean? I'm in Omaha. Oh, yes.
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) And don't forget, he likes Forum Trajanum, so it's not all roses. (laughs) Hey, we're
3: not all perfect. That's okay. So in Elysium, uh, you are kind of drafting the cards out of the middle. Um, It has nice little, I don't know, the the little pillars that you're using to purchase the cards out of the middle. You kind of have to press your luck. You can be mean in this game. But you're building a tableau in front of you that eventually you want to uh, retire and send to your Elysium uh, that are going to score you points at the end as you build sets through it. So uh, it's a game that it has an expansion that they built for. it. I remember this got recommended. I think it was on the recommended list for S in whatever year it came out. Uh, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. then they uh, Space Cowboys got into Time Stories, which basically just killed a lot of projects. And this was one of them that there's a expansion built for it. The designers have talked about it on the forums, but it's never going to come out, most likely, Mm. unfortunately. But... Yeah, it's a a real tragedy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a real tragedy. I spoke to... I spoke spoke to... Get the bell ready. I spoke to Matthew about this. (laughs) I actually interviewed him for the... I I, I interviewed him for the show, and... um, yeah. I mean, it was nominated for a Kenneth Spiel des Yaris, and you'd have thought that would have been impetus enough. And if that is true, what they say about Time Stories killing the expansion, that's just another reason to hate that total aberration of a game. Oh, time wow. Stories. agree yep.
0: with you there. That game is terrible. <laughs> the, the worst game that. ever made. Yeah. Oh hate it. Alright.
3: But yeah, Elysium. I, I, Go check I, it out. Give me some love.
0: I like Elysium. I think, I mean, I played it five, six times at least. It just kind of got to be kind of samey to me maybe a little bit. For I, I don't know. Maybe that's where I would say Well An expansion would have helped. It would sure. have. Stupid time stories. <laughs> <Okay>. All right. <laughs> Chad,
2: you okay. got your last one. Yeah, I do. Go for it. Well, I thought you're next.
0: No, you're next.
2: No, you are. No, you are. We're going back no, back. you're oh, next. G- you, go ahead, Chad. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, all yeah, go yeah. Ahead. All right. Ben and I right. will okay. finish okay. this off. Okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> oh, it. okay. Okay. All right. Uh, well, so for my last one, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take a tableau builder that includes dice, um, big chunky dice. Actually, I'm, I'm going to take seasons. I think seasons is a, is a classic tableau builder. I really, I really enjoy seasons, especially at two player. And, um, so you're building up your tableau for magic spell points, essentially to be the best mage in the four seasons and uh trying to there's some take that in this game but I, and honestly I could have used this in the in the listener question because the first time I played this somebody taught me the game and said okay we're gonna draft these cards and I I was forced to draft these cards that I knew nothing about what was what was good what was bad it was a horrible first experience but luckily I stuck with it and there's some really fun synergies and really fun uh, drafting in this game of the dice but then also of making those cards go out into your tableau and synergize and do certain things. So seasons is my last pick.
0: Mm. No, it's a good pick. It's uh rolling those big chunky dice. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, and that very game. satisfying. Yep. But it's a nice tableau builder. So Chad, you did well yeah, to really uh, come back from uh Lorenzo. I was, recovered. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Thanks. Okay. So Ben and I got the last two picks, right? All right. And you know, full disclosure here, we both know what these last two picks are. And so we've been saving them. And mine is the better and, and
1: one is, and one one is good, and one is absolute dreck.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. And so my last tableau builder is the amazingly great nations. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. That, that always happens when when I hear yeah. that uh,
0: word. Yeah. Okay. Go. And Ben, what's your last one? And then we'll talk about them.
1: Okay. So sometimes perfection is achieved, and this is. The greatest, the King Lear of board games. And this is, this is through the ages.
0: Oh my God. I would now like to talk about 15 reasons why Nations is better than through the ages. (laughs) Please, please, please take it away. I'm
1: just confident enough in being right. We
0: we do not have time for me to go through 15 reasons. So I'm going to tell you the number one reason why Nations is better than through the ages. Okay. In nations, go while you are playing, you let's say you are playing a four-player game of nations. If Chad takes a turn, he picks one action, he does something. Then it comes to me, I do my thing. Richie does his. Ben, you would do yours, and we just—it's a very interactive game where everybody is, you know, oh, is he going to take that card? Should I do this? You know, to to go into my tableau. Should I do this over here? It's very interactive, and you are taking very quick turns. And through the ages. One guy starts his turn. You can go out and have yourself a Coke and you can go maybe get a meal. And by the time you get back and three other people have taken their turn before it gets back to you, it's a half an hour. How could you like a game like that? You're not even interacting. You're just sitting there watching people move little yellow cubes all over the place and go, oh, my happiness level is too bad. I. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to lose some more.
1: Well, you know, not all <laughs> of us uh... are... <laughs> Not all of us are, you know, immature Gen Xers who don't have a, <laughs> an attention span of three seconds. So some of us can appreciate the finer things in life. And and oh. basically, I'm going to come clean here now because I had a big Good. argument with someone on Twitter about this. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to get... I, I don't even want to say it because of the grief I'm going to get, but I've never played Nations, okay? Oh. But okay. through the ages... Through the Ages does what it sets out to do better than any board game I've ever played. The sweep of history and the way Vlad Chevatl brings opinion through mechanism. So, for instance, he's no great fan of communism. And when you buy the Kremlin as a wonder, your military goes up, but your happiness goes down. When you fall into when you fall into theocracy, your happiness goes up, but your technology goes down. And what he is trying to do in that game is evoke a picture of the world according to Vlada Choatl. The game is a work of auteurism much more than any other game I've ever played. And not only that, every lever, every camshaft, every piston in this game is interlocked together beautifully. I've never played a game that operates as well, that offers as much depth, and that is so dependent upon the actions of other people. And yes, your turns are long, but when you're not... On your turn, you're watching with absolute eagle eyes to see what other people are doing. Do they take the cards you want? Are they increasing military? Are they pushing your strategy away from what you want through sheer maliciousness? It is the history of the human race writ large. It is the King Lear of board games. And nations isn't fit to wipe its bottom. Uh, i i'm swayed i was i
2: was inspired by that it sounds like a work of art to me and i I have i have played it and i can't i can't disagree with some of that
0: i i will have to say ben that was so eloquently put i mean i'm almost ready to
1: play through the ages again (laughs) oh i get my copy out maybe not well as i'm in (laughs) as i'm in as i'm in omaha at the moment we can play after we finish recording Perfect, but we should probably t- we should probably head to Orsi's Italian Bakery and Pizza mm. first. <laughs> uh, you're
2: right, you're right. But Didn't after we just that, eat Chinese. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's right. After that, though, I want to take Ben on a stroll on the Bob Kerry Pedestrian Bridge too. Though, so we we should do that. Well, too. that's sure.
1: that's well, absolutely because it's you know it's one of the only footbridges that connects two states, isn't it? <laughs> that's
0: right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, so
1: Ben, how about this? When
0: me and you get together, eventually some point we're going to, you know, I mean, meet up in Omaha somehow here. And I will play through the ages with you. If you then promise you will play nations with me.
1: 100%. Sometimes I like Filet Mignon and sometimes I like White Castle. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) There you
0: go. All right. So that concludes our draft. So just uh, go over everyone here. So Chad took... Lorenzo El Magnifico, not a tableau builder, uh, Race for the Galaxy, Imperial Settlers, and Seasons. Richie took London, St. Petersburg, Bloody End, and Elysium. I took Zango, Deus, Port Royal, and Nations. And oh, ben, oh, sorry. <laughs> and Ben took Blood Bowl Team Manager millennial blades last will and <laughs> through the ages. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there were our picks for the draft and please go okay. ahead.
1: Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going <laughs> to say there's only one winner.
0: Yes. That's and right. We're going to let the, uh, we'll let punch the,
2: bunch the punch punch decide. Exactly. Decide so you can go to our guild when this episode is released guild three, two, two, seven, and, uh, we'll have a poll up there. You can vote for, ben or clef or richie or myself or clef or clef okay uh so ben it has been an absolute pleasure having you on with us thank you for coming to omaha just to hang out with us it's middle i mean i know that you came for lords and gardens and the zoo as well but thank you so much for making the stop
1: yeah i mean i mean frankly when i went to the jocelyn art museum my breath was taken away. It's it's pretty
2: breathtaking.
0: So, Ben, if you want to tell our listeners if they are, uh, you know, if maybe they like games like Through, through the Ages, uh, where <laughs> can they uh, get a hold of you and listen to uh, the wonderful stuff that you put out?
1: Oh, good. That's the only reason I'm bloody here, no
0: offense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go to the website uh, fivegamesfordoomsday.com and there are all the interviews I've done up there with Rainer Canizia and Richard Garfield and all of the luminaries of board gaming. Um, you can at me on Twitter at 5 the number games for the number doomsday. And if you want to send me a longer form thing, you can send me an email 5 games for doomsday at gmail.com, all words, and you can tell me how right I am. All right. So, well, thanks everybody so
0: much for joining us. And Ben, a very, very special thanks for you coming on and joining us. It was wonderful. Yeah. Thank that, you. It's been all right. great. All right, everybody. Have a great day.
2: Good night.
3: Thanks for listening.
1: Bye-bye.
2: Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners, as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at punchboarders.com. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise.